Kia ora. Welcome to Cinema in Context as we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name's Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chen. I'm Max Tarrant. And today we uh, actually are missing our fourth Cinema in Context member, Sarah Watt, who is, has a very good excuse. She's away on her honeymoon holiday. So, <laughs> jet setting around Europe as the countries disappear from Britain. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see Sarah next time with our next Cinema in Context recording. Uh, but this week we're going to be discussing Independence Day which came out in 1996, and Independence Day Resurgence, which has just recently came out. And the Cinema in Context team, we had the pleasure of attending the, uh, what was it, the Critics premiere? Yeah, New Zealand premiere. New Zealand premiere mm-hmm. of Independence Day Resurgence, and a big shout-out to Sue May from 20th Century Fox New Zealand, who uh, very generously complimented us those tickets. Uh, but yeah, Independence Day. William, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of what we're talking about with Independence Day? Okay, so it is the year 1996. Director Roland Emmerich is following up Stargate with a movie about big, bad aliens coming down, wiping everything out. It's very, very interesting going back and reading interviews about how he and um, the the other major uh, creator or creative type, uh, Dean Devlin, the producer... Uh, they went back and watched a lot of old alien movies uh, and realized that most of the aliens were being very sneaky. And they thought, what if the aliens just came in and dominated everything, blitzkrieged the whole thing? And that, uh, in a nutshell, is Independence Day. Uh, Amazing. Huge, <laughs> huge effects budget. I, I don't think we've, we've seen anything like that, or we had seen anything like that before. Um, and just, yeah, kind of... It kind of codified the disaster movie of the 90s, which kind of also defined Roland Emmerich's films in general. And then jump forward 20 years in both the real world and the fictional world, and we hit 2016, Independence Day Resurgence, where Roland Emmerich, Dean Devlin, and some of the original team try and recapture something about what made the first movie so special in today's day and age, and with modern sensibilities and a modern special effects budget. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Fantastic. Great summary. Uh, so yes, Independence Day. I'd say, well, I wasn't that interested in revisiting the old film, and I wasn't really that interested in seeing the new film. I'll be upfront about that. <laughs> in fact, I went, uh, I went last night. I didn't get along with the Cinema Context team to the, the premiere, but I went last night, and I was more excited about my KFC dinner at the end of a long teaching week than I was about <laughs> about watching the film. Um, so, yeah. I don't know how... I guess before we actually talk about the films, because I know, William, you're, you're really excited, right? Oh, yes, yes, I sure am. Um, yeah, okay, so I, I just want to say that Independence Day, it's, it's one of my, my favourite movies of all time. Uh, and there's so many, so many memories and so many bits and pieces of my childhood that are just wrapped up with this big ball of nostalgia. And I think that's, that's what they're going for, right? Just like Jurassic World and Ghostbusters and everything that's coming out nowadays, just drawing on this 80s and 90s nostalgia. So, I, I, can I tell a story? Go. Okay. So, let's see, set in the scene, the year is 1995. I'm nine years old. I'm with my chums, and we are going to see Twister at Zane Chan's birthday party. I was thinking about Twister when I was watching, re-watching it. Oh, really? Yeah, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and so this is at the old, but then brand new, 
uh, Village 8 on Broadway. So very, very new cinema. It just opened in 93, I think. And so we were across the street eating at the Burger King, being really, really excited. You know, big Twister movie coming along. Go into our seats. Everyone's real jazzed up on, on sodas and, and burgers. <laughs> and then the thing that shows is the Independence Day teaser trailer, which... Have you guys seen the teaser trailer? No. It is basically just the scene where the Empire State Building gets blown up. Just, just that one oh, scene. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. And it's quite, it was, yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, oh, it, it is striking as heck. And I just remember not remembering Twister and all. And afterwards, everyone was talking <laughs> about the alien spaceships and the explosions and the Empire State Building. Amazing. Um, and yeah, the, the movie then came out a year and a bit later. And it was incredible. I, I still love it to this day. Rewatching it. Gosh, the 50th time? I don't know. It's one of those movies where you start watching and you just, I'm going to see the whole thing. Um, it, there's a lot of things that are very dated, a lot of things that don't make a heck of a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but it's silly, it's goofy. I, I think personally think I, it's pretty charming. Um, the special effects are still pretty awesome. And yeah, I just I love it. I love Independence Day. Awesome. Max, what was your, okay. what was your feelings pre-revisiting and going to see the new one? I think the newer one is um, more interesting for me. Uh, this is probably a film that three or four years ago I would have avoided like the plague. The new one? Or the old the one? new one, yeah. Resurgence. Um, I've not been a big blockbuster fan for quite a while. Until recently I've kind of been getting more interested in them. I used to be trying to get as far off the beaten track as possible, going for art house. I wanted an experience. I wanted to learn something. I wanted to be changed. I wanted to have passion. And then at some point I was like, what am I doing? This is esoteric nonsense. I can't, <laughs> I can't talk to anybody about this. Nobody feels the same way. Um, and so I became part of um, society again. Um, <laughs> Have you seen the, the six stages of a film fan? No. <laughs> How it's like you start off as a Disney fan. Yes. And then you go to your superhero type films or your big blockbuster action films. Mm -hmm. Then you go to your Oscar fair. So your yeah. big dramas and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then you go to your uh, more art house films, film festival circuits, that kind of level. Then you go to like just the absolutely strange <laughs> left field, <laughs> D grade films, completely breaking outside of the box. And then you surface is a film fan that'll watch anything. Yeah, so I nice. feel like that was your experience mm, of cool. coming mm, yeah. there, that, that level six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thetan. No, mm, yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then watching back uh, Independence Day 1 was um, fantastic, and I loved it um, a lot more than I did um, Resurgence. Independence Day 1 was even, um, nicely paced, um, had a simple idea which executed fantastically and hadn't really been done before. Um, and I guess we can talk more about the new one soon, but yeah. it's... Um, I don't know how I'd sum up my feelings about it. It's complicated. It's um, quite tough to watch at the start a little bit, and then it kind of grows into something more interesting. And I think it does get better at the end, but I felt like it should have stuck with its goofier, goof goofier side, and it goes... It tries to meld genres in a way that Independence Day 1 did so well. Yeah. And it does not achieve that, Agreed. I don't think. It's interesting, actually. You mentioned meld genres, and, I, and Scream just came to mind. Yeah. Mm. You know, in, in terms of the 90s, yeah. Scream such a good is call. such a good yeah. film. Yeah. It just perfectly marries comedy and 
horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can definitely agree that Independence Day 1 does that. Well, let's start talking about Independence Day 1 in a bit more detail. Um, I guess the first question or the first focus area that we always like to look at with our podcasts is some kind of film technique or something technical that stands out. And I've got a lot of comments on here, both good and bad on my notes. Um, the first thing I want to bring up is the flash cuts. <laughs> Do you, do you know to compete about? with the sound effect? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the sort of white flash, and then it cuts to like Statue of Liberty, yeah, or uh, what, like um, National Parade, yeah, <laughs> and then it goes, and then it goes into the scene. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I don't. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's very day to day, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't even know. Anyways, it but just really I, confused I, me. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can dig that with the kind of style of the of the film. Um, in a way, it really, I feel like it does. It is coherent with the way they do things, so I, I, I didn't mind that. In a, in a kind of, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? God, it's just on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not coming to me. It's kind of like over the top, but yeah, it's like '90s extreme. Yeah, yeah, it's just so on the nose, eh? <laughs> um, I thought that I thought the cast is really good. Like, I mean, yeah. apart from Bill mm. Pullman. I don't think Bill Pullman's a very good actor. Um, oh, really? <laughs> nah. I love Bill Pullman. Oh, he just... He's so... He's so... Um, but, but isn't he supposed bizarre. to be a blanket? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was like over-the-top blanket. Like, he, he spends the entire blanket. movie just with his fingers on his temples and going, Oh, I should have saved them. Yeah. yeah. I should have yeah. saved them. Yeah. <laughs> he's pushed to the limit. I mean, Will Smith is just brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know... I, I always say that I can't stand Will Smith in the 2000s because I just find his films are so sappy. But I really love him in this. I really like him in the first Men in Black film. Um, there's something about seeing... Yeah, he's just a, he's such a he's such a charismatic presence on the screen. And I really like him and Jeff Goldblum together. I think their two characters oh, yeah. just are really, really strongly formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the new movie does suffer a lot That's from my not thing. having Will Smith. Without Will Smith, I kind of know why the heck they went forward with it. <sighs> I heard that he he requested fifty million dollars for two sequels, which twenty five million a film yeah. actually isn't. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. didn't he get fifty mil for Avengers one? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I know twenty million is not for big name actors, and yeah. I feel like Will Smith warrants that for those films yeah. because hey, they re- that sec- the latest film really suffered in my opinion without him. Eh? But yeah, so for me, the cast and and you've got um, Randy Quaid. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I don't really know how I feel about Randy Quaid. What do you guys think about Randy Quaid? Okay. Explain who he is. He's the dad, the drunken dad. Oh that, yes, that had previously the crop been abducted. The crop duster. <laughs> the previous previously been abducted by aliens, and then he he has all these goofy lines. And, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill us all. <laughs> His, I'm back. <laughs> his build-up almost doesn't justify, oh, isn't justified by what his role is in the end. I don't think he kind of comes through, but it's not very satisfying. And he, you're right, he sticks out like a bit of a th- sore thumb. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty wild. He's pretty wacky. So, have you guys seen the original cut of the end of Independence Day? No. Where instead of Randy Quaid being in an F-16, he's in his crop duster. And the scene plays out exactly the same, except he's in this crappy little biplane wow. with a huge missile strapped on it going, I'm back! <laughs> that is amazing. It is bonkers. Oh, man. <laughs> I kind of I want to see that version, though. 
<sighs> but yeah, I mean, Vivica Fox, she's quite cool as the um, as the exotic dancing girlfriend. I mean, I say quite cool in the sense that you know she's got that moment where she's driving around saving people. And, yeah. But then she just does nothing in the second half of the film. And so does Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife. Like, they, just, they are just there as props by the end of the movie. They're literally <laughs> the, the, the two wives or the two girlfriends of the, of the main male characters who just stand there and look scared when they're worried if they're going to come back or not. I'm like, what? That's right, because they disappear. And yeah. then at the end, it's like, what happened to our delivery boys? And then the two of them suddenly appear like, and then, off the side yeah. of the screen. And then one, like, I think she's holding, like, she's just supporting uh-huh. each other. <laughs> problematic <laughs> <laughs> I also have the president's speech is obviously the big speech but I just laughed out loud because it ends with he does this big speech that doesn't really mean anything he just waffles on and on and then I, I almost want him to end with you know this is the day where we celebrate our independence yeah. and he says our independence day yeah. <laughs> and, it just... yeah. and then you have that one extra uh, on the internet people call him the greatest extra who pulls off a salute that kind of starts from the temple and goes, yeah, and it's almost like a karate chop. The guy in, in flight gear, awesome dude. I think that, that where he says Independence Day, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the end of Chinatown. Where they actually, he says it and they carry it off in Chinatown. It's like, it's so like straight to you. Yeah. Um, you mean the famous line? The famous yeah. line oh, where they find it's, it, oh, it's, it's Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, that's brilliant. Whereas, and you kind of feel like, oh, did they really need to say that? Do they need to... But they pull it off there and they didn't <laughs> yeah. pull it off here. Yeah, that, they, they totally make fun of that in the Arrested Development where Ron Howard goes, hey, that's the name of the show. Like, no. they say it. Oh, yes, it. someone says Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, what do you guys got down for technical, technical things worth mentioning? Oh, what I really liked, and I've already spoken to William a little bit about this, was the having that ship in the sky the whole time has a fantastic um, feeling of space and enclosure, um, which is just fantastic. Looking up all the time, and it's just in the background of shots all the time. It's something um, covering, and it just has the achieves the perfect effect of what the film was supposed to um, create there. Um, such a simple idea, big, dark thing coming. Yeah. And I think it's such a simple idea, and it was just like, we can do this with a blockbuster now. <laughs> we, don't need a, we don't need a complicated idea. Let's go, let's go. There's something big and dark that's going to take over the entire world. And I do love how you don't even see it for a while. It's like shadow. It's just, well, it's just yeah. not in the shadow, but there's all yeah. these clouds and yeah. flames yeah. and fire. And, mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's the technical stuff around the, the, oh. the ship coming in and, and this fire and smoke um, shrouds it is quite fantastic. You guys know how they did that? It was milk. They shone light through milk and then swirled, and the eddies is what you see on screen. Wow. Yeah. So, but have they colored it? Oh yeah, so right. so they're shining like yes. bright orange light behind oh, okay. milk that but are creating eddies in. I'm not sure. Maybe it's digitally coloured, but then they superimpose the special yeah. model on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool. Very nice. Yeah, uh, I, I I have a couple of things. Yeah, the effects totally agreed about the the sources kind of casting their their presence over all the cities, mm. um, especially in New York, because mm. you juxtapose that with all the, the very vertical uh, yeah. skyscrapers. Yeah. And so you see gaps in between the skyscrapers, but everything is covered by just the alien ship on top. Mm. Uh, really, really cool. There's also just a couple of effects shots, which 
are fantastic. Just so, so good. Uh, of course, we already talked about the, the smoke coming in. Uh, when the, the laser first fires and you see various landmarks like the Empire State Building yeah. and the White House. And guys, there's just there's something about a little model that's blown yeah. up. Oh, yeah. exactly. That yeah, yeah, feels yeah. so much more tangible, no matter yes. how good CGI becomes. Oh, totally. I, I, you go back to the Star Wars's and you know the Ray Harryhausen's, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's just something that cannot be replicated there. That that, that deserves so much emphasis. I completely yeah. agree. And they do. I mean, even um, I think they did this with Resurgence a bit as well, with mm-hmm. cars getting blown up, and you've got a real chunky car yeah. that has weight, and the gravity feels good. Um, same, they did it with Mad Max. Oh yeah, yeah Fury Road. Max, yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, it. Well, just has such a great weight to it that and, CGI just can't get and I think it's like something that Tarantino talks about is you know he, he tries to use his little CGI not because it not because it doesn't look good but it's like the moment that you use CGI you know it's CGI so you mm. know how the trick is done yeah. whereas even with a model like you don't always know how they've done it because yeah. you don't know exactly how they've composited the thing or how big it is or whether it is a model or not you know there was that question and yeah. so something about using real like using visual effects I guess mm-hmm. uh, you there is a mystery there the yeah. movie magic yeah. is there yeah so mm-hmm. I can I can agree with that I like the aspect of limitation as well yeah a certain aspect of limitation with CGI you the go sky's okay, okay we could well, well let's CGI <laughs> this in and they go oh you're going to CGI the eye of that in well why don't we do this as well because we could do this, we could do that, we could do that, and suddenly it is. It's just, it's an open, open um, landscape, and it doesn't, you need some limitations to what you're doing to really force you to uh, put the work in or something like that, have some direction. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I think some of the best visual directors today, uh, like J.J. Abrams, they're people who understand how much CGI is necessary to augment a scene, mm-hmm. and how much we as the audience mm. can figure out that that is CGI. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a really interesting shot in, uh, what is it, The Third Mission Impossible by J.J. Abrams, uh, where they're having the climactic chase on a bridge, a very long bridge. Have mm. you guys seen this? No. Oh, I've seen the film, but I can't. Oh, remember. okay. So it's, it's a narrow bridge. Um, they have a prison convoy, and it's being attacked on both sides, and it's all above water. And you watch the making of, and it's, it's a section of bridge in the desert, and then all of the water is CGI, but you would never, you would never think this. Mm. And then in interviews, J.J. Abrams was just saying, it's okay. It's going to be okay. People will think this is water. We're going to do it this way. Uh, which is brilliant. Mm. Because yeah. the focus, I guess, is not on the water. No, it's no. not. Yeah. It's the same thing how they would use, like, I guess it's similar to Mad Max in that the, the actual focus of the scene with the cars crashing and, and ra- racing, that's mm. all really happening. Yes. Yeah. But the storm, for instance, that's all being created, but mm. it, it just doesn't, you, you still buy it because you're like, oh my gosh, there's still cars crashing into cars. Yeah. And, and, ah, it's interesting. I think I, there's even one final example of very contemporaneously relevant which is I think we were talking about this happening in Game of Thrones in the latest episode mm-hmm. which um, if you're watching this le- uh, listening to this later on was the episode uh, The Battle of the Bastards so season 6 episode 9 yes yeah, so spoiler alert if you uh, oh. have not watched <laughs> yes um, episode 9 of season 6 you will six. know that there's going to be a battle but um, all I was going to say is that there's they do the same thing I think they have use the real stuff in the foreground, anything yeah. that's the focus is actually real, and they only use the CGI to augment with people in the background, yeah. mm. additional things. 
for sure. So, so really that's nice. interesting. It's an interesting connection. I, I, maybe we can shift now to the new one for a little mm. bit because Game of Thrones, that episode, there is a battle. We were talking before we started recording about how logical that battle is and how you know exactly what's going on. They follow one character, uh, Jon Snow. Mm. And we also, we also talked about how you know, Peter Jackson did it so brilliantly in Lord of the Rings and so terribly in the <laughs> Hobbit films and that you don't know what's going on in the Hobbit films. The battle makes no sense. And I definitely feel that Independence Day Resurgence, those sky battles, yeah. I had no idea who, what was going on. I, I, it was just such a mess of... It, was, it, it reminded me of the prequel, the Star Wars prequels. Mm. And, and that was one of the connections I made with both of these films. That it's like Star Wars so heavily... Star Wars and Aliens... So heavily influenced Independence mm, Day films. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the first the, the dog fights, man. Dog fights straight out of Star Wars. The first, the, the first film, Independence Day. Yeah. Um, the dog fights, absolutely, it totally reminded me. Even the music sounds mm-hmm. like it. And also, there's that scene where they're going through the the, the, the canyons. Um, canyons. Yeah. 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 Very Star Wars. Well, when the president fires a missile, and you think it's going to go in, but it just puts yeah, it yeah, off the yeah, surface. Yeah. yeah. Just like uh, a New Hope. Yeah. But then this new one, it's totally like the opening of um, of. Revenge of the Sith, where mm. there's just lasers going everywhere and ships <laughs> flying everywhere. Oh, I'm yeah. just like, I don't know what's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a really horrible scene to uh, action scene to start off with, I thought. Yeah. We, and we're introduced to um, the new protagonist, young protagonist. Are we talking about Star Wars? Uh, no, sorry, Insurgents. <laughs> in, in, oh, Resurgence. Resurgence. What's his name? Him, uh, uh, Hemsworth. Uh, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth? Liam. No, Hemsworth. Yeah. Liam. And, uh, who's the lesser? Horrible actor. I don't know, he just had a very flat face to me. They tried to make him the Will Smith of the movie. And I know. It just didn't work. The, 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 the horrible actor was the guy that played Will Smith's character's adopted son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he had such a rubbish character as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just nothing. Yeah. It, oh. it really felt like this film was butchered yeah. uh, in the editing booth. They There's so many missing bits and pieces. Mm. Um, story arcs that went nowhere. Uh, the or... president? Yeah, she just exactly. did nothing. Characters, actors, independent Day researchers. Oh, what, sorry, one more thing about just the um, the technical stuff. I, I will say one of the most dated things I found about Independence Day One was the lighting. It, oh yeah, it looked very very nineties, made for TV in places. Uh, every time they're indoors, there's just this white gleam over yeah, everything. Yeah, true. Um, and movies don't really have that anymore. I guess because of course we switched to digital as well. Um, and so film stock just it looks different. Mm. And I said that at the end of this new film, and this mm-hmm. is not a spoiler, the characters that, that end up together, they're, they're on like the salt flats. Mm-hmm. It looks so fake. I know. It looked terrible. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my, yeah, like I've already said that Will Smith was hugely missed. Mm-hmm. I really liked seeing Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg, the, um, the, the kind of Jeff Goldblum love interest. Mm-hmm. No mention of what happened to his woman that he ended up with, his ex-wife. In the, um, the, you know, extraneous materials, the novels and whatnot, she apparently died a couple of years prior to uh, movie number two. Ah, which, okay. Yeah. yeah. No mention okay. of that, <laughs> um, And apparently she just wasn't, wasn't worth the effort. No. Um, but yeah, Charlotte Gainsbourg, I just really like her as an actor. She didn't really yeah. do much. She, she was so she weirdly was out of place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They introduce so many new characters, and none of them do much. Yeah. Uh, there's the African warlord, who's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Double machetes. Yeah. They're all meant to get killed off in a disaster movie, really, aren't they? Uh, you, you have so many characters because you need lots of people that you want to kill off. Oh, 
Either that, I like. or I think they were trying to do what they were doing in the first movie, which was every time something big happens, there was always someone on the ground yeah. where you have their point of view. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they definitely had that. It just didn't... I, I don't know. The characters weren't interesting enough. Um, yeah. I feel like that, that's, that's a lesson from, I think, from Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And he, he does, I think the, the comparison and the connection to Spielberg is really interesting. Mm. Um, I think he's referenced Spielberg in his films with different things like Godzilla. Um, he, Godzilla stamps on a smaller dinosaur um, as a kind of, well, some people say a kind of stuff you, Spielberg. This Jurassic is, this Park. Is, yeah, stuff you to <laughs> Jurassic Park. And there's a, but, but I think it's a much more respectful like, relationship than that. And he does in um, in Independence Day one. He Will Smith says something that I I don't have the note for, but he says something that is a, a kind of direct uh, reference to Close Star Wars. Oh, Close Encounters. Yeah. That's what it was. No, that's yeah. what I call Close Encounters. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and then they bring it back in um, in the second one, where the uh, what's his face the the actor playing Will Smith's stepson. Yeah. Uh, says something along the lines of something, something close encounter, or that's a, or yeah, something like that. Because yeah. you you turned to me, Max, yeah. and said, "Wait, did yeah. he say that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of those moments in this in that film in Resurgence. Well, let's talk about dialogue because I thought the dialogue was so so bad in this new film. There's the scene where they're talking to, um, they they encounter an alien and they're having this discussion with this alien, and the dialogue is these stupid questions that all the characters are asking mm-hmm. that is just like what are you here for? I'm here to do blah 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 <laughs> and why did you come there? Because blah 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 what can we do to help you? Blah 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 it's just exposition exposition yeah. exposition yeah. and it's so bad <laughs> such poor way of bringing in the story mm. it's so boring as well like, yeah and you've got your Charlotte Gainsbourg and the, the crazy long grey hair guy and Doctor Oaken, oh, Brent Spiner from Star Trek. Is it? Oh, uh, he's Data from Star Trek, the the android. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Was he the original guy as well? He was, yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's yeah, pretty cool. He he, his hand meter goes all the way up to eleven in, in the mm, second mm, movie. Mm. Oh, it's just. Whoa. And then he, of course, and you know, he... Actually, I won't say that because I'll wreck the end of the film. But what I will say is, is that the film ends on a cliffhanger, which mm. is so bad. Oh, it's <laughs> so awful. I was just like, really? You're going to sequel bait us for this? I'm not interested in knowing what the heck happens to these characters or what the heck happens with the storyline. I do not care. So right, how do you guys... So overall, should, I, should we just take it? You're, you were not impressed at all. Well... I never wanted to see it in the first place, <laughs> and I actually kind of was alright. I actually almost fell asleep in parts because I was so tired. And to be honest, you guys say that you, you kind of said to me, I and mean, you mentioned it earlier, that you you didn't really enjoy the start, but it got better. For me, it was the opposite because oh, wow. I really what it surprised me is I had no idea what I was going into. Um, obviously, apart from the fact that it was an Independence Day film, and that Will Smith wasn't in it, but I was really impressed that they had like created a world. Where the alien technology had affected human yeah, technology, the world building was, was and super I was, cool. I was quite impressed by that. I didn't expect that, and it, they they created the first one was about a contemporary world with with the aliens coming in and attacking. This new one is that created a science fiction world, mm-hmm. and I was yes. I really enjoyed that. Mm. And then 
I don't know, just all the wheels fell off for me. It got really hammy and <laughs> stupid. And when that scene where they're having that discussion where the alien comes into it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is awful. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I agree, yeah, Jeremy. The, um, I, I wish there was more of that world building because that was, that was really interesting. And also, uh, they delved a little deeper as well, kind of talking about why you know everyone is so young because a generation had been wiped out because of the war um, mm. and how the world, how politics works yeah, in this new world and all that stuff was really yeah. cool. I really liked... Um, the, there's a scene where they go into the spaceship and there's like the alien fields. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you, yeah. they don't really get much of it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. That was interesting. Yeah. They could have been hiding for longer. Yeah. It was, that, that was, there was a bit of tension there and then it they kind of just... About, they have their own ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, it annoyed me as well how they were able to jump between Earth and space so quickly and they had yeah. some of like, my plot point of like alien technology. Fusion drive. Yeah, made it go faster. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're just... There's no sense of tension of being able to get anywhere. You just no. jump around mm. the planet. Pacing. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, yo. this is what I, I really struggle with. Um, mo- a lot of blockbusters. Yeah. Uh, maybe not most. A lot of blockbusters. This film starts at 90 miles an hour and basically doesn't stop. Or like, I mean, it does slow down a bit, about like two-thirds of the way through. It kind of just slows down a little bit before it builds back up again. But Which is where I fell asleep. <laughs> I can't deal with that. Like, that it, it, doesn't, it didn't have time for comedic pauses. No. I swear to God, all the lines, it'll be a throwaway line and they move on. And it's just like, you don't even have a chance to laugh. Yeah. And so the audience wasn't laughing. No. Well, I, I mean... Not the we, were, we, were laughing. we were laughing, <laughs> but, but not because of the comedy. Yeah. Bizarre, like, we weren't sure if, well, personally, I wasn't sure if I was laughing with them or at them. Like, yeah. is this an in-joke or is this just really horrible? There, there, there were a couple of, uh, I'll just say, character beats where Sarah, Max, and I turned to each other and were just incredulous with these, yes. oh, expressions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a crap. <laughs> that was so bad I, and I, I heard a guy sit behind me and he said um, he, was, he had a British accent and he goes he goes oh, what did he, he said alright guys how about we all punch ourselves in the balls just, <laughs> just to enjoy ourselves after that piece of crap movie you know <laughs> something like that did you how did you feel about it William uh, yeah I, I think I, I liked it a little bit more than you guys um I totally agree about the pacing, though. Like, one of the, the main... The, the joy of watching the first movie is the whole build-up to the alien invasion, right? You see everything start to go wrong and more people start becoming aware of it and Jeff Goblin figures out the code and all of that stuff. And with this, stuff happens and there is an escalation, but you never feel that tension. There's no tension there. No. Stuff just happens and no other dynamics. stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no dynamics and it's... Yeah. No. When, uh, you know, big events happen, as we were saying before, they kind of just happen out of the blue and there's yep. no consequence to, to yep. any of it. Um, I, I, I do agree with Max how I, I think the more the movie goes on, the goofier it becomes. And I do really, really appreciate some of the goofy stuff. Mm. Um, I think the movie needed a heck of a lot more yeah. of that. Maybe it needed to set it up better at the start yeah. because then that way I wouldn't have felt so... Abused by the stupid scene where they <laughs> so, talk to the alien. So any anything with uh, Judd Hirsch is is David's dad. Um, what's the name? Julius Levinson. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. him as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. True. And there's that moment where he said, "Oh, there's a scene where they go, 
the kids are like, we need you or something. He's like, yeah, I need you too. Or something like yeah. that. There's some kind of, yeah. it just rather than him being like, oh, come on, kids, I'll be there. He's, he's really <laughs> honest. That he want, he needs those kids to, to kind of emotionally get him through this tragedy. Mm, yeah. yeah, I like that. Mm. My, my, the scene that I really enjoyed in terms of just enjoyment, uh, you know, just in terms of visually kind of looking great, was the alien queen crawling across the, mm. the, cell, flats. the cell flats against yes. the, with the bus. That as a concept was a really cool idea. It reminded me a little bit of Cloverfield. Um, yeah. Just the, the sense of scale of something yeah. so big chasing after something, you know, relatively small. Yeah, and it's just it's so clear. You know there's a group of kids in a bus with Jeff Goldblum mm, driving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a big bad chasing after them. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's so clear, like clear characters. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I will say about the old film is that all of the characters had really simple but clear motivations. Yes. Yeah. They, you knew exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it. Yeah. Um, there's like, yeah. Over, a, over a dozen main characters, but you, you do, right? You know who uh, the kind of antagonists are who are you know, not so happy about the whole thing and who you're going to root for, who you're going to root against. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, um, also comparing the first one and the second one, just the the destruction porn. I, I don't know. It felt so so much more impactful in the first one. Mm. The second one, the scale is like way beyond anything you see in the first. Mm. Like, there's a line in the trailer where the big alien spaceship comes down and it's like. It has its own gravity. <laughs> uh, just this huge thing that's covering most of the Earth, and because it's so big, kind of dragging up Asia and dumping it on, yeah. on Europe. Yeah. Which... <laughs> yeah. There's two times where characters just directly say, so doing it once would be enough, but they go, this is definitely bigger than the last one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, says it ag- someone else says it again. Yeah. It's like, you've said it. It was already completely <laughs> conspicuous. <laughs> But yeah, like all, all of those scenes, which is at a scale almost, I think, unimaginable to like the human brain. Yeah. It just, there was no impact. At least, I, I don't know, I didn't feel anything. There was no excitement or terror or, you know, just, ooh, shiny things. Not even that. It just felt very staid and very kind of, eh, by the book, you know, disaster yeah. movie stuff. Yeah. Well, let's talk about you talk about destruction porn, and I guess mm-hmm. we always have this this focus in our discussions around wider cinema landscape or how this these films fit into the real world context, and it's it's the fact that the first film is so much about destroying New York City, mm-hmm. and it's what five years before yeah. September 11th, um, and I sort of wrote down you know you couldn't make that film post 9/11, <laughs> and yet. Post nine eleven, we get all that city destruction, the city destruction mm-hmm. films, um, which tries to capitalize on that nine eleven imagery. Yeah, um, recently seen in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, which man, it just takes it up to eleven. Oh, I'm not even interested in seeing it. Oh, I hated the flipping yeah. last one for that reason. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the gun ho attitude in Independence Day and the goofiness of it, you you couldn't get away with that post 9-11 no. and the fact that they are so like there's that scene where Randy Quaid you know he sacrifices himself and the I just know him as Jane from Fly Fly what is yeah. that? <laughs> um, he's, he turns to Adam the Baldwin. son Adam Baldwin yeah, yeah. turns to the son and he says you know your, your father did a great thing you should be very proud and the son's like oh I am <laughs> and I'm just like whoa like you you couldn't I don't think you could do that um, in the now, yeah, and yet they did do it in this film, and I won't say with who, but there's a character that sacrifices himself, and it feels like a complete waste, and it's quite a different 
mm, quite feel. a different comment. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a product of the world we live in now with yeah, post 9-11. For I don't sure. know, what do you guys think? Um, very interesting. Um, I thought it was going to be more. We kind of talked about, me and William talked a little bit about there being more kind of 9-11 imagery, um, drawing more on that kind of feel, um, and that fear. Um, I don't think the film managed to leverage that very well, personally. Um, Do you think it should have? Oh, I think they naturally... Morally, no. Of course films shouldn't do that, but it does work, I think. I think it naturally... You can can leverage that kind of... uh, A certain fear of the other. And this film was interesting in terms of the other, um, in scare quotes. um, The alien was becoming, in some ways, uh, we know that it's high-tech, it's advanced, but it was kind of more, slightly more primitive in terms of its sensibilities and its uh, primitive instincts than it was in Independence Day, I think. And I was going, oh, God, so they're, they're saying the other, the alien, is really nasty. The other in our world is nasty. And I was going, oh, that's not very nice. They're getting more kind of stereotypical, more simplistic in the way that they view others in society. Um, but then we did see a different type of spoiler alert, possibly. Uh, <laughs> we do see a different type of alien in this film. That's not really a spoiler, yeah. um, and that's portrayed in a slightly different way, which I was I was, I was glad to see. Okay. Um, yeah. So definitely with with some of the post or pre and post nine eleven stuff, I, I will say that. This is, and we've talked about this before with, uh, what, what was the movie? It was, oh, Zootopia versus The Lion King. Uh, just, there was a time when Bill Clinton was in power, America had a huge surplus, and, you know, they were top of mm. the world, mm. and it was all about gung-ho patriotism and optimism, and we can do anything. And then you have 9-11 and the economic crash, and movies became you know, basically Jason Bourne clones. It was all about cynicism yeah. and paranoia and, yeah. and all that good stuff. Pretty much the, seven, the 70s it, cycling All over again, and, exactly. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> and so the movies of the 90s, uh, they do have that special kind of bubble where, you know, nothing can go wrong and heroes can be heroes and villains are dastardly. Mm. Uh, and then, whereas today, it's, we, we do call for, uh, for moral complexity yeah. or for for us not to trust the big guy, you know. Mm. Which they, they did try to do that in this when they fired on they fired on a peaceful ship. Yes. Assuming it was coming to attack them. Mm-hmm. And so they, they tried to complicate it a little bit. It was pretty uh, weak. I, I think they tried it was to. it was quite weak. I think that's the problem. Um, this could have been much more interesting in that sense. When it started and the, the film starts with Bill Pullman um, in a dream with an alien or having dreams with an alien because he's got some kind of psychic connection to them from the first <coughs> film. And I thought, oh, yeah. is, is the alien going to yeah. be somehow connected inside I like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this really could good be opening. good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was a really strong opening to the film. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it, Karen. Um, I um, was thinking about War of the Worlds in terms of... Spielberg's play- one? Yeah, Spielberg's War of the Worlds, playing off the 9-11 imagery mm. uh, and how that was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The opening of that, I never ever will forget that film sitting in the cinema Mm. Watching Tom Cruise running, you know, it was one of his last films before he, he, went, he went off went off my good list. <laughs> um, but he running him running through, I think New York City or somewhere that looked like New York City, 
and people just being obliterated into ash yeah. and him covered in ash mm. and the film loses the wheels fall off halfway through in that film but the first half of War of the Worlds is such a good film so I read quite an interesting article on Huffington Post about and this is the relationship interesting thing with connecting to Spielberg that Spielberg kind of had this thing where if there was a disaster going on major issues going on it was still grounded in kind of characters that we could relate to and he had a care for life Mm -hmm. he wasn't throwing life around too willy nilly and then Roland Emmerich came around with Independence Day in particular and was like people were getting blown up into the sky Mm. and the characters are just like kind of making quips at the same time you're like oh god that sucks or something like that or making a little joke and um, in this article they say that over time um, this became the norm in Hollywood Mm-hmm. That uh, no care for life really, and um, that War of the Worlds was what they reckon was when Stil- Spielberg himself turned around to Roland Emmerich's way of doing things and lost the care for life and and following human characters, um, and it's it's the effect on them that is is the uh, gives it the weight. Mm. Um, mm. And you've got a whole lot of characters in this film. Which he's t- trying to do that, give it some kind of weight, make it make this issue real, and the oh. the, the bus the bus with the ten year olds on it or seven year olds <laughs> on it is such a target for our sympathy. But I think we've all commented on it now. It, it actually really works. Mm. Such an obvious target, but yeah. you know you know it's a target and it's fun. It's, yeah, it's so over the top that it actually yeah. I think, achieves something. Yeah, oh, especially since some of the children are wearing these silly little animal hats. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yeah, yeah. very cute. <laughs> Um, also, I mean, related to modern day politics, uh, we are definitely seeing a shift in cinematic sensibilities, um, especially since Warcraft. Oh yeah. Uh, which have you the have you seen it? No, I want to, but I, I was going to, but then people tell me it's not that great. Yeah, so it's, it's not good, unfortunately. Um, oh. But yeah, you've heard about the box office about how it just bombed in the states, but in China. You know, it's become one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Wow. And so now there's just such a swing towards appeasing, you know, the Chinese film industry. And Independence Day does this with the Chinese character yeah, in Caps. Yeah, true. Oh, amazing. <laughs> true. Amazing. Oh, it's really out of place. It's really awkward. Yeah. But we, we got to have it, guys. we got to have it. <sighs> and and the, the courting of the two characters. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the two, the the the. Oh, yeah. There are all these weird little relationships. It's like in the anti-chemistry. Film. Little, little yeah. duos, <laughs> weird relationships like that one, like the two um, scientists. Oh, yeah, like, weird little pairings. Which, which scientists are you talking about? Two men. Yes, yes. yes. Older that, men. I think came out of the left field. Mm. That, that was one of the we scenes where, where, yeah. where we were like, what? Yeah. Were they were they a couple? Was that what was implied? I, I, think, I so. think so. I yeah. think so. I, it, it, once again, it felt like there were there was more to it. But studio interference said we're gonna, just going to trim the heck out of this movie, mm. and so a lot of character beats were, were lost. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's that's. But let's think about that relationship. Like. He's been in a coma for twenty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's think about <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. <laughs> it's that, that was really surprising. Yeah. And then you've got um, Hemsworth and the girl who. Have you heard about the, the public backlash about casting? Oh. Um, Michael Monroe instead of um, Anvil from Arrested. I I don't know the, the names. The, but the, I know or, the original, original little yes. the original daughter of the Prime Minister, she's, uh, sorry, the original daughter of the President, mm-hmm. she's gone on to have quite a um, successful career as an actor, mm-hmm. and uh, 
and there was a big public backlash because supposedly she wasn't that stereotypically beautiful actress to play this character. Yeah. Um, I mean, the girl that plays the prisoner's daughter, she's she's she does an alright job, but her character's so it's, it's a real yeah, shame. Oh, she she's a really good actor. She, I was quite impressed with her. I yeah. She I, she I thought she was the she was actually one of the few people in the film to watch to see mm-hmm. how the career goes. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the guy who plays Will Smith's son. Oh boy. Such a bit of actor. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the guy who played Will Smith's original stepson is also still an actor, and they don't cast him either. Yeah, right. Which... <laughs> I mean, so much more interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I think just, just the fun of seeing the original actors would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the president's daughter, because she, she's in a lot of stuff. Uh, like in The Duff, she was pretty good in that as the yeah, main character. I, I know, but I also know of um, And she's a pretty proficient voice actor as well for like Avatar, The Last Airbender, and oh, really? a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, let's, um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about action disaster film tropes. We've sort of already touched on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there anything you guys want to talk about that in terms of how they play with those tropes? Mm. Well, uh, my, I do want to say something, but I think it's, it should be left more to the end because it's veering off a little bit. Sweet. Okay. I, I reckon... Oh, yeah, I reckon... Well, I mean, the only thing I have to say is that, you know, it's very patriotic, the first film. Um, the epitome of that patriotic American, <laughs> you know, like you're saying, we can do anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I love, of course, the scene where uh, <laughs> the president's speech gets broadcast around the world. And then... <laughs> The Ameri- it's from the Americans. Yeah, mm. we, we, should, we should care it's about that. offensive about bloody time. Yeah, yeah. And then the Russians and their dingy little Russian castle, and the Japanese going like, oh, yeah, it's all stereotypes, <laughs> eh? Oh man. Oh, also okay. the, yeah. the, uh, the, the there's. At the end of the movie, uh, Independence Day 1, where the, the ships all come crashing down, and there's a shot with these these African tribesmen, like, holding spears and shields, yeah. and yeah. with a crash... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Oh, there is a point I'd like to make about that diversity. Yeah. Pretty uh, amazing which... bring down a ship with spears. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be really interesting in the future um, what happens in terms of how films and blockbusters in particular can cater to other audiences. Because at the moment, obviously, what we're seeing is very, very superficial yeah. ways of doing that. And superficial is the right word, I think. Mm. Definitely. Putting in a character that is Chinese and having a few lines in Chinese or something like that. Um, and then she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. She, she's introduced as um, yeah. trademark strong female character. Yeah. And then she just listens to what, what, what Liam Hemsworth says for the rest yeah. of the movie and is in the background. Mm. I don't really feel like anybody really does anything. With this <laughs> I can't even, like even Jeff Goldblum's character, he sort of disappears. Like he just, he just goes like, from here to there. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah. I think um, Brent Spiner, so Dr. Oaken, he does something. He's And he's, he's so ridiculous, though, that he's... <laughs> But the thing is, even his whole way he comes into the movie, that he's been in a coma for 20 years, and he wakes yeah. up, and then he's totally, welcome back! Yeah. Like, this guy yeah. has probably got major health yeah. issues, yeah. and you are lead, leading him lead, you? Yeah. <laughs> Far out. I liked him with his little gun opening up the box, though. That was quite fun. <laughs> Some of his quips and things like that. Yeah, he was the, good. The, the diversity in the first one's quite interesting as well, because they kind of, theoretically, it was pretty good for its time, at least on paper, kind of. Well, Will Smith. As Will a, Smith, of a, course, is a, a yes, is a black actor, and I think I think the reason that it was able to do that was because it's right. We're doing a film that is about the Earth against another yeah. intergalactic entity, and therefore 
we will draw on everyone. We're going to be united on in this. There's that wonderful shot in the first one where you see the Israeli Air Force and the Palestinian yes, Air Force, yeah. and they're facing each other, kind of crossed arms, going, <laughs> well, I guess we're in the same boat. Right, right. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> and this is a similar kind of thing in, uh, this, in Resurgence where... Um, you're looking at kind of young hoodlums and under New York Bridge or something like that, mm-hmm. and and um, a white guy, kind of middle class guy's head pops into the shot. <laughs> They're all looking at um, a TV or something of of what's going on, the disaster that's happening. So his head pops into the shop, and it's kind of like, yes, we're kind of coming we're coming together. together. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what what I was going to say is, it's interesting. I want to see what happens in the future in terms of um, catering to other cultures. Yeah, how we do that because. It would be super interesting if they could do it better. If they can do it better, um, governments have been trying to do this for a long time. Multiculturalism, right? And some people would say that governments aren't very good at, at doing it. Some people would say that capitalism's very good at um, uh, innovation. Mm-hmm. And perhaps in this sense, we might see some innovation of how do you cater to different audiences, creative um, answers to that? So, I, I mean, uh, it's not going to happen probably for a while, but it's going to be interesting to see how we do that. How do we cater for different audiences? How do we get different people on board who've got different ideas about things? Yeah. going to be interesting. Well, particularly in the blockbuster, because you know, it has exactly. to be lowest common denominator. And, and that's, that's, that's going to be a site of... So profit-driven as well. But I, I mean, I think Steven Spielberg's talked about it, but I've heard someone like him talk about it, that this whole model is going to collapse because yeah. it's just the amount of money they put into it. Mm. It's just going to take one of these massive films to to collapse, to really shake the whole industry. Amazing. Because you think, wow. you think $300 wow. million, dollars, yeah. and they usually spend three hundred. They, they, they usually spend the production budget on publicity. Yeah. So mm. $600 million, that's a stupid amount of money for a film. So if one completely bombed, it could... Well, they reckon that it'll just be sick. It'll be, it'll, or it will take maybe a couple, two, yeah. two of them bombed. If two bombed at really, the same time or something. And Steven Spielberg yeah. predicted that when we would go to the cinema, we would pay more for the blockbusters. But we kind of do that already with 3D yeah. and mega screens and things like that. But 4DX, where the chair moves and you have oh, smoke effects. It's too much. What, what, what are we going to add, William? Oh, um, I think I was just going to say that the... The, the thing that really strikes me about Independence Day 2 is just it's, it feels so disjointed. That's, that's all it is. Mm. I mean, it doesn't work because it feels like scenes come out of nowhere. Mm. Characters, as you say, don't have a very simple motivation. I don't even know what most of their motivations are. It's, it's super postmodern in the sense that we jump between characters at I guess not at different time frames. The time, the time is chronologically going ahead, yeah. but, but we jump from space to space like nobody's business. Um, there'll be four different storylines going on at once, and we're just jumping in a cycle around them, going from different characters, and it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy how they can... I mean, it's yeah, crazy how they can do that. Not, then, not that they pull it off, but... And in the end... With the very, uh, I would say, almost Marvel-inspired uh, sequel setup, yikes! Yeah. <laughs> just so, I guess my wow. To my, to my sort of wrap-up comment would be: I've just written down in my note, just generally a rubbish film. <laughs> do we really need a third? You know, <laughs> the filmmakers think we do. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I I think if personally one of the biggest things they could get right and would make me a lot happier would be. Getting the genre mix 
more um, done better. Mm-hmm. Done better. There done you go. <laughs> that's that's the phrase. <laughs> Genre mix. Get it done better. Get it done better, mate. <laughs> Although I, I will say something uh, positive about uh, Resurgence, which is. In, in so many films, I think since around the time of Transformers 1, uh, with these special effects-driven blockbusters, the editing is just a shambles in terms of the action, you know, cinematography. Mm. And I felt like for a lot of it, apart from the plane stuff, which is not so great, but a lot of the establishing shots had a very almost steady eye to it, and it was really refreshing. Um, mm. There's a scene where Alien Craft appears out of a wormhole, and it's, it's huge and looming, and they don't cut away from it. You, you see the, the impact that has on the environment itself. Mm-hmm. And there's just a couple of shots in there which, again, we used to do this back in the 90s and the 80s and some of the 70s as well. Um, but for them to, to really not have the cut, 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 Michael Bay style thing mm-hmm. uh, was, was really, really refreshing to me. And I, I did legitimately enjoy that. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's do some wrap-up comments. William, start us off. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Independence Day 1, I, I still really, really enjoy it. Um, a lot to love about it. It's very simplistic fun, but it's just, it's a feel-good movie. And I, I'm seeing a lot of comments on the internet saying, oh, back in the day critics hated it, and it's just nostalgia and all that. I, I don't think so, at least not after this viewing. It still, to me, really, really holds up. And this new one kind of felt like a waste of opportunity. Like, they, I know a lot of the creative types behind it were... They've been trying to get this thing going for a while, for at least four years. Uh, and for the end product to be this... I mean, there's good stuff in there, but there's also so much junk. Um, so, yeah, quite disappointed with, with Resurgence, unfortunately. Uh, Independence Day 1 it was never kind of going to be a film or a, even a genre type, necessarily, that I'd probably delve into hugely um, the willingness to throw around human lives I know this is a film it's a blockbuster get over it but it's not you know just personally it's not quite my thing um, if I take that out of the equation fantastic loved it like I say well paced builds up nicely simple idea fantastic um, number two I could just add on to my point before about getting the genre mix right uh, I was so put off because it starts off kind of quite serious and then it kind of goes almost it goes big sci-fi it goes to does crazy it, town it, it does it does horror I felt like quite a bit of horror in there and then what it <laughs> when it founded its identity it was the more slightly more goofy side and if, and if the third one can do the sticks to that from the start to the end I think I'd be enjoying it yeah. And I, when rewatching Independence Day one, I, I was actually quite surprised at how great the some of the character moments were, and it's not a film I'll revisit anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, but it was it was an all right watch. And then the second one, I just really feel that Will Smith, his absence was hugely felt, and that his charisma actually would have added a lot to the film. Uh, because you're right, William, there are some actually quite nice moments in there, and as much as I didn't like the film, I really did enjoy some of those sequences and some of the ideas, particularly mm-hmm. that, that whole a different world, 20 years mm-hmm. on, the alien mm-hmm. technology has influenced the world. Yeah. Um, but because Will Smith's not in there, I have no interest in seeing the third one at all. <laughs> and that's, that's my final word. What? What? <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening, uh, everybody, and please check us out in a month's time where we look at another two films. 
as we discuss all things film and the connections between. Thank you, Tiano.